as you are learning and experiencing all these things for the first time in Q4, it can get pretty deceptive if you are having a good run. If you're finding all sorts of profitable things that you can sell and you're on a roll, it feels like a huge rush. It literally does. And when it ends, it really does end. This is The E-Commerce Leader, a show for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this shorter episode, we bring you our hot takes on topical and central e-commerce subjects, fresh from our expert panel, Chris Green, Jason Miles, Kyle Hamer, and myself, Michael Beasy. Let's jump in. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon Profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you, and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Are the last three months of the year a perfect time to buy products low, so you can sell them for a profit later. If so, how do you do such a thing? In this episode of our Hot Takes edition, we're going to talk to Kate and Chris, professionals and really veteran arbitrageurs, if that's the word, about how best to approach Q4 with this fun topic of buying low and then selling high later on. So friends, let's kick it off together. My first question for you is, what's your hot take on this topic for two groups. First group is people who are just starting out and want to get into the e-commerce game, want to do retail arbitrage. And the second group is for more veteran retail arbitrage or online arbitrage you know, sellers. What would your hot take be for them? What would your advice be for Q4, how to approach it and how to, to build your business during this period of time? Kate, what are your first thoughts? Okay, so my first thought is it probably isn't the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that everybody seems to paint it as. Um, if you're just starting out and this is your first, people always say, oh, can I make like $10,000 right now? And the answer is mm, maybe. It depends on what you're bringing to the table. You know, Do you already have a whole bunch of skills and experience that lend itself to starting into RA with a bang? Or are you going to need to be really kind to yourself and allow yourself to learn, allow yourself to practice, allow yourself to experience what it's like to be in a first Q4 and learn, you know, the ins and outs of retail arbitrage or arbitrage in general. So those are some things that I think of for someone who is just starting. And then the other thing is if you find one thing one thing that's really good to sell. Don't leave it at that. Look at everything that's just like that one thing, everything in that category or everything of the same color, everything in the same brand. And you may expand your your things that you can sell widely just by doing that one thing. Love it. Okay. So give yourself grace and look for one thing that you can, is your entry point and, and expand from there. Yeah. Fantastic. Chris, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I want I, I kind of follow along with you know exactly what Kate was saying. It's like you have to have the right expectations going into this. And if you're a veteran, if you've done this before, you're going to have some expectations already set up. The thing I would say to the vets is like Q4 in 2021 coming off the pandemic, coronavirus, supply chain issues. Who knows? 
who knows what this Q4 is going to be like, other than you can definitely predict there are going to be shortages. There's going to be harder to find things. It's going to be longer uh, lead times to have your FBA inventory to be received and made available for sale in Q4. A lot of customers are going to be shopping early, so they might not be sitting there at the last minute ready to pay a higher price for some hard-to-find products. So with all those things in mind, I think the vets need to really think about, okay, what are my alternatives to where if I'm used to buying these products at retail and selling them because they're hard to find or I'm selling them for a, hard, a, a higher price on Amazon, what are my alternatives to if my inventory does not get there on time? Do I sell Merchant Fulfilled? Do I sell on Facebook Marketplace? Do I start to look at eBay? Have a plan for that. Now, for the newbies, who want to go into this, exactly what Kate said, like, hey, can I make $10,000 this Q4? And the answer is yes, technically, but I want people to think about what does it take to make $10,000? And if you're doubling your money, you've got to be able to spend $10,000. And not everybody is in a position to spend $10,000. They don't have the credit line. They don't have the cash. They don't have it saved up. They can't do that. So they have the expectation of making so much money because it's Q4 and they hear all these fancy stories on the internet. It's like, yeah, but you have to be realistic. What can you spend in order to make a certain amount of money? And at what margins are you able to sell at? And what kind of products can you find? And if this is your first Q4, this is the thing that vets are going to know is there's going to be gated categories that you can't get into. There are going to be IP claims, intellectual property claims on certain items that you won't be able to sell. And then you're stuck with the purchase. You're like, now what do I do? And that's where you, again, have that backup plan. Hey, I can sell these on Facebook Marketplace. Hey, I've got, I've got eBay. I remember how to do eBay. I can do that as well. So it's about being flexible. And I don't want people to have tunnel vision about Q4 and retail arbitrage because you can do retail arbitrage all year long. Q4 is just going to be kind of like a wild animal version of retail arbitrage. But there is definitely money to be made. And if you're not making the money, at least you can learn something. Because the cool thing about Q4 is it comes around every single year. You can learn more and more each year. Be like, oh, I'm getting it. But you got to go through the learning curve a little bit. And I want people to go through it at the lowest possible risk level. So they're not spending money and losing money and buying inventory that's really going to hurt them. I want them to learn even if they're not making as much money as maybe they expected. Gotcha. Okay. Love it. Kyle, I realize retail arbitrage is not your bag. But Amazon is. is. So what's your hot take on RA during Q4? Do you have some thoughts or ideas or just in general about selling on Amazon? Yeah, I think for the new person, I would I would say a couple of things. One is you have really one mission as a new seller. And it doesn't first ignore the noise, ignore the hype. Like Kate was saying, Q4, ignore it. Like just focus on learning the business and building those systems. But I think you really have one primary goal, regardless of whether it's Q4 or Q2. And that is you have to find your edge. Every business operator needs to have an edge. And what I mean by that is you need to understand what market that you best understand, what subcategory, how do you source things? Like every seller has an edge. Maybe it's the products that they have a relationship with. Maybe they have a wholesale deal with, with a supplier, but they're working towards building that, that, that slight edge in their business that allows them to sort of see that success. And so I think for someone who's new, your goal is to first learn it learn the systems, the processes, learning Amazon can be a challenge, but then you have to find your edge. And and I think Q4 is a great opportunity to do that. Q1 is a great opportunity to do that. You just have to keep working at it until you achieve it. Yeah, I love that. It's fantastic. Here's my hot take. You guys, some of you will know my story, but I heard about online businesses in 1998. And for 10 years, a full decade, I wanted to figure out how to sell online. And I just didn't know what to do. And I call it my decade of dreaming. 
my sob story. I literally wasted 10 years, really, I mean, sincerely wanting to sell online and just didn't know how. And then finally, Dave Espino's e-profits infomercial <laughs> gave me, I bought it. And that was my entry point. And But that 10 years of dreaming, as I look back on it, I realized I didn't take enough bold action to just get started. And my best suggestion for anybody who's a, just a, a brand new person is take the bold action, work through the pain, the confusion, the uncertainty, and just go through basic training. Now, today, in today's world, there is podcasts like this. There are uh, YouTube videos that show you exactly what to do. And uh, there's training available for little to you know no, no money invested. And I would just encourage everybody to take that first bold step. Don't spend a ton of money on info products of how to do something. Don't join a super expensive group or training. You should be able to learn the debate with just some, you know, some time watched videos and that kind of thing. So that's my hot take on the topic. I don't know if anybody has thoughts on that. But Grace, I want to I want to hop on that because I know a lot of people do the exact same thing. They don't take those bold actions. They don't take these calculated risks. And I think we should spend just a minute to say, like, what are some of the things that keep people like hold people back? What are they scared of? What do they think is going to happen if they don't, or if they do open an Amazon account? Like, oh, oh, what? Like, why not open an Amazon account? Why not send in an FBA shipment? Why not download that app and go to a store yeah. and start scanning things yeah. with the real possibility you come home with nothing? Yeah. But what will you learn? But what is holding people back? And like, what I think is holding people back is this fear of failure, mm -hmm. as well as this thought of like, Oh, it's going to take, it's such a big project. I don't want to get started. And if you think learning to sell an FBA is a big project, I think people need to get past that because it's, it's not that hard and it is very minimal risk. Like the, the what is the total financial risk of sending in one FBA shipment to see if it's something you like, to see kind of what happens, to learn the process, to gain that confidence, to be like, Hey, that actually wasn't that hard at all. There's so many benefits to it, but there's, I, I want to help people get over that yeah. fear of this. And I think by, by bold uh, action, like I don't want to even scare people away with that. It's not the boldest action, open an Amazon account. It's actually a, a great positive step forward. And yeah. it's going to lead to so many amazing things that I want people to have that, that, that joy and excitement of opening an Amazon account. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, any thoughts that you think might be uh, a ricochet off of that? What, what do you think holds people back the most that you hear them then realize later was a unnecessary constraint? Oh, gracious. There's so many, but time is one. And you'll often hear, oh, I don't have time. So I don't have time. I literally don't. I have a house full of children here and we homeschool as well. And this thing right here takes quite a bit of my time and it can be a huge time sucker. So lay that thing down unless you're using it to research and learn and um, give yourself a little bit of extra time just doing that. And then the other things that I was thinking about is when my baby is learning to walk, she falls and she falls again and again and again, but she doesn't give up. She gets back up again and she tries again. And every time she gets a little stronger and a little more sure on her feet, steady. And that is something that we all have to do with our businesses, whether we're starting or we've been in the trenches for quite a long time and we've built it to something quite large. And then in addition to that, you know, if you scrape your knee, fall off your bike, scrape your knee, get back up, get back on that bike and keep trying. And we all have experiences like that. And then the other thing for those experienced sellers out there, 
I would say to get your supplies, your helpers, your money in order right now <laughs> and, and get them going so that you are ready when the heaviest amount of selling goes on early November through December. And then the other thing is watch for those early spikes in prices like Chris had said, because I'm already studying some Keepa graphs and, and last year, lots of things spiked early and didn't spike later. They spiked early November and then they decreased in price from there. And so we got to watch for things like that and take the opportunity when it arises rather than expecting like in years gone by where you were able to wait until December 8th through the 15th and prices went super high. Maybe take your profit earlier and um, come home with a bag instead, <laughs> instead of being hold, holding nothing and a whole bunch of inventory at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Kyle, any, any thoughts? I love all that advice. I mean, I, I, it, it really is about taking action and I think put it in context, this business, like starting Amazon FBA business in terms of risk to Chris's point is there's not a lot of cow. You can choose how much money you're going to put into this business. You can start sourcing with a hundred bucks. You can start sourcing with a thousand bucks, but in context of actual starting and launching a business, that's not a lot of money at risk. Now it might seem like a lot of money, but if you think about buying a franchise, for example, where you'll need millions and millions and millions of dollars to just get your, just to open your door. And then you run the risk that that franchise may not work out for you. I mean, it's possible that it could fail. So in terms of risk, I think this is, it is a very low risk for you to take action on. And it's really about jumping in there and, and just, yeah, I love that. Okay. Let's talk about the scale up. So if, Q4 works for people and they find some items, you know, Kate, to your point, they find that one thing and then they expand from there and then they've got a, a collection of things that will work mathematically. And we kind of glossed over that part of it, but obviously you're looking for the buy low that you can sell high. I want to ask you guys about that because I, I know that one of the entry points for us with retail arbitrage, that's not our life's work or it's not what we do to survive financially or anything like that. But when we heard about it, I thought it was a great teaching tool for my kids to help them understand. And so we heard about getting on a list of the shoes that you could, a recommended list, a buy list or whatever. This was probably 2012, 2013. And so we got on the buy list and I was like, okay, kids, go buy this stuff and you can sell it online. Of course, you know, it was a race to the bottom and there was like 200 people on the buy, <laughs> buy list or whatever. Is all of that just ridiculous stupidity or like, what would you say to the brand new person about how to find the mathematics related to what will work? You obviously, you know, you've got ScanPow app that's out there. We've got the legendary sourcing app that's out there. There are other tools. There's the Amazon seller app. What would be your best recommendation for a new person on understanding the arbitrage spread and you know how to how to safely look at that and actually make some you know money put some money in their pocket? So I love using apps and I use different apps for different applications. And so if I'm doing clothes and shoes, yeah, I'm going to lean towards using that ScanPower app because it gives me so much more data. And if I'm using, I'm looking for items in other categories, I'm going to use the legendary sourcing app or Amazon seller app or even Scoutify. And then the thing with this, 
if you're thinking about how to, oh man, I can't avoid it. I have to say, if you're going to go out and do some scanning, do some sourcing inside of stores with these apps, you're going to have to know Keepa. You're going to have to be able to read and understand a Keepa graph. It is like my number one. <laughs> yes, you may talk about Keepa. I hesitate to, to say my secret weapon is Keepa. Okay. I know how to read and analyze a Keepa graph, and I call it reading the story of Keepa because it tells you what's going on with that listing. And when Jason referenced this whole thing called race to the bottom, that's where so many people get together on a listing that they're all competing with each other. There's too much supply for the amount of demand on that listing and the price falls because of that. And then you don't get any profit out of it or you get very little. And then so the way to avoid that is to learn how to read a Keepa graph, read the story that Keepa is telling you about that specific listing. Yeah, I love what, what Kay said about, about data because retail arbitrage, I, I talked to a lot of people. I mean, I wrote the freaking book on it like in 2011. You did. You did. You know, and I was doing this like full time. Well, I had a full time job. I was doing full time retail arbitrage because it was easy. Right. Because it wasn't like you don't have to have wholesale connections and minimum buys. It's just it's a retail store and I can buy it for sometimes just the regular price. If it's being sold for an over retail price online, if it's hard to find or in short supply or it's sold out everywhere uh, or it's been discounted and it's on clearance or there's coupons you can stack and, and get them for a, a really low price and then sell on the Internet for a profit. It was easy. And I think back to before we had things like scam power and legendary sourcing and Scoutify and keep all these things. And all, all we had was eBay completed listings. You'd be like, oh, okay, this thing sells kind of often and for this general price. Now, how, am I, how many am I going to buy, right? Am I going to buy 100, 200, 300, sometimes 400 of a unit, depending on where you live and if you have access to that much inventory? It was easy. And I think that's why a lot of people like to get into it. But now that everybody has the data, now that everybody's Superman, then it's kind of like nobody's Superman because we all have this superpower of having an iPhone with, with apps that show us sales rank and sales history and all these things. So it is easy. And because it's easy... Everybody can do it, but the ones who do it really well are the ones who spend the time to actually learn the data and learn to use Keepa and learn to, like, what does the sales rank history mean? What, how seasonal is this product? Is this yeah. the time to buy or is this the time to like, hey, no, I'm not going to buy. And then just understanding that spikes in demand and, you know, dips in supply affect the price the same way. They both make the price go up. And sometimes both those things happen and the price really goes up. And if you know how to find the, the inventory and if you have a flexible schedule where, hey, you don't have to wait until five o'clock to go hit that store where something just went clearance that day and you can go while your competition still has the regular job or you're, you're just first, you're early to know and you can take action on that information that you have. Those are the people that win. But you have that's that's an example of bold action to be like, hey, this just dropped. Should I stop what I'm doing and literally go to six stores right now and change the plans for my whole day? Sometimes, yeah. Like, it's totally worth it to go and pick up 120 units of something you're going to make $50 a piece on uh, because you were first. Because if you're not there, the next person that comes in who's an Amazon seller is going to buy it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Here's my second question to get your hot take on. If you want to set yourself up for a fantastic 2022, so that, you know, we're in Q4 now for this next full year. How do you how do you set yourself up for success? And again, those two audiences, newbie audience and then veteran seller. So give us your hot takes. Kate, what do you think was the uh, the best use of the time in Q4 for the long term? 
Okay. For a newbie, as you are learning and experiencing all these things for the first time in Q4, it can get pretty deceptive if you are having a good run, right? If you're finding all sorts of profitable things that you can sell and you're on a roll, it feels like a huge rush. It literally does. And when it ends, it really does end. So the velocity of sales through November and December are higher than any other time of the year. So it can be deceptive that, ah, super easy money just rolls, right? And I can find profitable stuff everywhere. And you need to understand that that's a little bit deceptive because things do slow down. However, however, you can still find profitable things everywhere. <laughs> Literally, once you have experienced it a little bit and gained some practice, just continue to apply that experiences, practice, experiences, practice on all the things that you can find and sell. And you will begin to see that there is literally product everywhere for you to buy and resell. Love it. Chris, what are your thoughts? How do you set yourself up for a fantastic 2022? I love the case said deceptive because I've seen more than one person say, whoa, I just made five grand in December of Q4. This is their first Q4, their first dipping their toe into retail arbitrage and they are ready to quit their job and do this full time. And everybody that hears this is like, no, 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 please, please don't do that. It is, it can be very easy to make five grand, especially if you got like five grand capital or, or more. So you have to you know, source your inventory and be able to pay for it. What I want people to remember is Q4 is not Q1, Q2 and Q3. They are completely different. The rest of the year, just remember, it's not, it's not Q4. And the things that made you money in Q4, those spikes in demand because of the holiday gift giving season and the dips in supply because of the you know supply chain logistics, like those can happen Q1, 2, 3. But what happens in Q4 is completely different. But you just remember those things. Like, why am I making money here? Like, why are people paying more money for this online than I can source it for here in a store? And there's always going to be a reason. It might be that a movie came out or something got popular or, or something got rejuvenated that people weren't really thinking of. And now it's simply supply that is that is higher and the demand can't keep up because it has to come from China. It's going to take several months to, to keep up with that spike in supply. Those are things that we're able to take advantage of as a retail arbitrage seller. So you get in, you make your money and you look for the next opportunity. Now, there's, of course, replenishable products that you can do. But if you're looking for those products that are uh, hard to find selling for over retail prices or products that you're able to source below retail because they're on clearance or discount, you know, discontinued, you got to keep looking for those things. They're not just going to show up. And it's not just this magical, I can't believe people are paying five times the price for this. Well, they're paying that because it's Christmas time. They've got the money. Their kid's been begging for it. And not every parent is willing to spend that. Using the internet, you can find those rare parents that are willing to spend $1,500 on a PlayStation 5. I'm not one of them. I'm not your customer. All right. But there are some out there and keep all of this in mind. And remember that if you are key, if you always have to find your next deal, you don't necessarily have like a business yet. Right. You have a job where you have to go around and hustle and do all these things and just keep these things in mind. So if you want to set this up as a systematized business, you can take those steps. Love it. Kyle, how would you suggest these folks, new new folks and veterans folks set themselves up for a good 2022? Use Q4 to gain some mastery of skill, like learn what, what it makes, learn, learn what the, what it takes to source something profitably, right? Like you need to build this. It's like Neo in the matrix, right? He can't see it, but then at one point he just 
sees the code, right? And in everything he sees the code. And that's going to happen for you as you start to source more, you start to implement it more. You're just going to start to be able to recognize deals faster. And you got to get to that point because until then, it's just going to be a slow slog. And you're going to be like, I can't find anything. I can't find any deals. I can't find any opportunity when it's actually all around you. You're just not tuned into it yet. And time will be able to do that. The other thing I would say is surround yourself with like-minded people. If you want to be an RA seller, you want to sell on Amazon, get in community with other people that are doing it because it's really, it's easy to get hung up on things with Amazon. Amazon's going to change the game on you. It's going to, they're going to send you letters and you're going to freak out. So if you are in community with people who've already been through that, who know what to do, who've already lived through it multiple times, they can say, hey, this is what you do. It's going to make your life easier. It's going to make you uh, accelerate faster through the through those those learning curves. And you're going to have more long-term success. I love it, man. Okay, my hot take on this is I'm a big believer in goal setting. And I, there was an old book long, long ago. And it was called uh, Goal Path something like that. And I always like this idea of goal path. I think the way I look at it is like for yourself, but for your team as well, goal path leadership is if you can identify a specific goal, then the path will sort itself out. Because if you're just taking steps forward, you don't know, it's like seeing a point on a map or, or a, a spot in the mountain you want to you know get to, the path will materialize as you just keep moving forward towards that goal. So right now, where I'm at with my business and our coaching clients that we work with is always Q4 is always about what does 2022 look like in terms of revenue, team, you know, your your personal goals, your professional goals, all of that, and getting really, really clear on your goals. A, a super clear goal will serve you better than any tip, technique, trick, or or you know, one-off strategy build a goal and then find the path towards achieving it. And I think that's my sort of macro 30,000 foot view suggestion for everybody this time of year. Yeah. Final so there, thoughts. There's one other thing, you know, you're, you're talking about, okay, this is your first Q4 and you're going to learn from it and then kind of grow, right? The idea is to take that information and grow. But for those who have been around the block over and over again, I often hear uh, people say, okay, I never grow. I've been through Q4 over and over again, but my business, it never grows. I'm always looking for it to get to that place where I feel like it's like taking over our mainstream of uh, financial income and it never does. And my thought is at the end of Q4, if you came away with a good amount of profit, what do you do with that? You know, how do you use, utilize that to bring on the growth? So, I, I do a replens business that's RA <laughs> and I have a whole long list of things that I just buy over and over again. So my suggestion is take that profit and instead of buying a big old trip, maybe you can buy a big old trip, <laughs> um, go ahead and put it back into your business with really good replenishable products. Yeah, that's the first time we mentioned replens, I think. So you just you just defined it, but replenishable items that you can buy over and over and over again that will sell consistently for you that you can make a profit on, right? And so mm -hmm. sort of a subset of RA and and we didn't define OA either, but online arbitrage, so buying online and reselling things online. But no, I love that strategy, Kate, which is like how what is your path for success financially? 
And a lot of times it's a, it's an investment. It's an investment strategy. This this is about investing small amounts to grow, and then once you've got that amount, what do you do with it? And to your point, that's that is how you can scale, or not. Final thoughts, Chris or Kyle? Well, I want to just kind of reconfirm what Kyle was saying. Is like find a group, find a positive place yeah. where you can ask questions and get answers. You'd be surprised how many very generous. Amazon sellers are out there on Facebook, in Facebook groups, answering people's questions from strangers with real, real info, real, actual answers. And it's not always answers you want. Sometimes you get an answer like, yeah, you screwed up and it's really going to be hard for you to, to kind of recover from this. And like people, sometimes people don't like those answers, but sometimes it's what you need to hear. And I really want people to, if especially, this is for the newbies, like if you've got that hundred dollars to say, look, I'm going to make a purchase. Now don't force a purchase, but say, look, I'm comfortable making a purchase with this much money. And if you're unsure, if you scan something, even just using the free Amazon seller app, you scan something in a store and you're like, this looks really good. But like you look around, there's no one else that does what you do. You don't know anyone else personally that you can call and kind of get confirmation on this thing. But if you can take a screenshot of something and then post it in a group and say, Hey, what do you guys think of this? I, I'm a newbie. I, I really think this is good, but I'm just not that sure. I think a lot of people get scared and they're like, oh, I don't want to like, you know, what if it's good and everybody now takes what? Well, that's a risk you have to take because if you're going to put it back on the shelf and not buy it, then you're no further along to your goals anyway. Yeah. And I say this as someone who has done in-store group sourcing trips with people where we have gone and I walk into these things sometimes thinking, what if we don't find anything? Like, I don't have any magic information. Like if you go sourcing with Chris Green, there's no guarantee you're going to find any profitable products doing retail arbitrage. I can't guarantee anything. But as we got there, we scanned things. I had like 12 people there and they're showing me their, their phones and they show me something. I remember this one lady, she shows me her phone and she's like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, that's, that's a, a home run winner. Like if you don't buy those, I will buy them or someone else here will buy them. And that's all she needed. She just needed confirmation from someone that she knew, that she liked, that she trusted to say, like, yes, you are right. This is a good product. And she's like, cool. I needed that confirmation. And she was literally off the races. She hasn't needed any help since. She's built quite a big business. Like, that's all that she needed. And I think of that as an example, not like, like I'm special, but like what happened was like she needed confidence. She needed confirmation from some other source, someone that she trusted to be like, yes, this is a good product. You should buy it. So she bought all of them. She sold them for a profit. And then she was confident in reading the data and reading keepographs. She's like, oh, I get it now. And, and that's what I want for people. It's like, if you can't go sourcing with somebody in person, use Facebook to say, look, take a screenshot and post it and say, what do you think of this? And if you post five screenshots and everybody's like, yes, those are winners, stop posting them and go back and buy them, then you then do it and take your money and go buy this stuff because you're getting that confirmation that you need. Love it. Kyle, final thoughts. If you're new, take action. This Q4, don't let another one go by without doing something because you will learn and you will gain some experience and hopefully you'll make some money. If you're experienced, be aware of the, where you're at in the market. Always have a backup plan. You know, FBA might not be a viable option through all of Q4 or you go into 2022, you don't know what's going to happen with inventory limitations, have a backup plan to be able to ship product and make money. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for joining us. I just got to say, you know, your presentations earlier this year for us, I think your secrets of a seven figure replant seller was one of the most popular presentations in our community. And it's just awesome to have you able to share your wisdom with the group. As always, gents, it's nice to be able to hang out with you on these shows. Michael, by the way, is uh, traveling today, which is why he's not a part of the mix. We didn't mention that at the beginning. But until next time, thanks everybody for hanging out with us. Of course, if you haven't subscribed or liked this show, wherever you're listening to it, then we'd love to have you do that as a support for the program. 
and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much. Thank you. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.